This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. This is our warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Good morning. Good morning. I'm back. I'm still alive and well. Uh, I guess you can probably tell that I've uh, uh, been out a day. So this is Professor Ward Scott in the Warthog Man Cave in the Melon Law Studio in our undisclosed location in the piney woods of north central Florida, which is God's country. Uh, I got to tell you that, um, you know, I did something I haven't done for a while. Good morning, Ray, and people checking in. I, I've done something I don't usually do. I got the flu shot. And uh, I never get the flu shot. I never I never, never get the flu except when I get the flu shot. And, you know, I bit the bullet and I went down Saturday and I got the flu shot. You know, as life would have it, here I am next two days. I don't know that I've got the flu, but, you know, I've got, you know, the head congestion. And yesterday, you know, the, the raspy throat, so I took a day off. But we'll get through it today as best we can. Uh, production's got me backed up if I fall out of the chair here. Uh, I don't know what you'll get. you get another version of the pig or something coming across the screen. But uh, that's the way it is. I... Uh, uh, you know, I got the shot and, uh, you know, that's the way it is. COVID shot didn't bother me at all. Booster didn't bother me at all. It's always a flu shot. Somebody told me it was live virus in the flu shot. So uh, I, I don't know. But it made me made me think about something which I caught a lot of grief for right in the beginning of all our discussions as a culture about COVID. And, you know, I'm never wrong. So you don't, don't try arguing with me. You're just going to lose. Okay. So. So I, I predicted that, you know, sooner or later, there would become a kind of a quarantine camp. And the only quarantine camp that I've ever been aware of was when I was a kid. Um, there was a man that we knew in the family who got tuberculosis. And I told the story back then. And all hell broke loose that I wasn't really a conservative talk show host. And this, that, one, and another, you know, all the, all the mysterious stuff that lives in people's heads. and. Um, so this gentleman went off to a tuberculosis, tuberculosis sanatorium and was isolated from uh, everybody. We couldn't go see him or anything like that. <clears throat> and uh, I, I, I uh, uh, surmised that that could come someday to those who have uh, COVID and those who are unvaccinated to be two classes of citizens, the vaccinated and uh, the unvaccinated. And we've got that. And now I'm probably the um, most interesting place to take a look at this is Australia, because Australia is in a very strict, you either do what we tell you to do or you hit the road. And um, uh, that's Australia. And, and um, they are so strict about it that uh, you can't come to the Australian Open uh, tennis tournament, which is one of the big tennis tournaments of the, of the season, of the circuit. Uh, you can't come to that, uh, you know, it's going to come right at the beginning of the year. Um, 
of course, as my mother used to say, uh, who would want to live in Australia? Go in there and look at the globe. You'll fall off if you live in Australia. So, you know, it's down under that sort of stuff. But um, it's a civilized group of people. And uh, they are not letting anybody play in the Australian Open who hasn't been vaccinated for COVID. And the big number one superstar of all, Djokovic, uh, is another one of these guys who feels like he can take care of his body better than medical science can. And uh, he can, he, you know, it, it ranges really from squirrely stuff to actual sensible stuff. And I've never been able to tell the difference. You know, it's uh, whatever he chooses to do, whatever people choose to do, let them do it as long as it doesn't bother us, right? So if they want to drink glycothymoline or they want to, they want to stand on their head in the corner uh, like one of our professors did at the college, because he thought, you know, that helped him get ready for class. He stood on his head, you know, before class. Well, it's a funny story. One day a student came looking for this professor who shall remain unnamed, who's very well known. And uh, the student couldn't find him. So he went to the professor's office uh, across the hall and says, I'm looking for a professor so-and-so. And that professor said, well, how can you miss him? He's over there in the corner standing on his head. So, you know, he was one of those guys that marched to a different drummer. but. Um, so be it, you know, it was, an, it was harmless and he stood on his head and I guess he had a lot of good things to say afterwards in the classroom. But, <laughs> and I always respected him, he was a very bright guy. And maybe I thought maybe he knew where the intergalactic intersected with the outer galactic and maybe, you know, where the universe began, and which is a big question that you have to ponder once in a while in the middle of the night. But um, so down under in Australia, where you'll fall off the globe if you live there, um, they don't let anybody in a tennis tournament who hasn't been vaccinated. So Djokovic is one of these guys who has done everything uh, and who can question it. I mean, he's physically got stamina on the court. I mean, he's, he goes into anti-depression chambers. I don't know what you name it. He's done it, but he won't get vaccinated. So he may not make it. The other tennis players are begging him to come because he's such a draw and he's such a good player, of course. Um, and he may be the GOAT and when it's all done. He may be the greatest player of all time. But uh, right now, uh, Australia has this zero tolerance. And so I was looking at this article that came, appeared at Epoch Times. It was kind of interesting. The Australian authorities are removing um, COVID-19 positive patients and residents in the Northern Territory of Australia to a quarantine camp in Howard Springs. Um, hard lockdowns okay now listen y'all laughed at me right and y'all were some of you were angry at me because i really wasn't uh tolerant of all the range of options that existed for covid and to, to jab or not to jab and all that i told you that i could see what was going to happen i don't i'm never wrong okay i could see what was going to happen well that's happening in australia uh they no longer can even leave their homes if they're this way they were previously allowed to leave their homes to go to work, school, buy food or supplies, exercise, or to get vaccinated. But um, they not, they're not allowing that anymore. Um, um, they're not allowing any close contacts at all. And so those who are taken to Howard Springs or the other quarantine camp, they've got the Alice Springs Quarantine Facility. Golly, they make them sound nice. <clears throat> oh, where's so-and-so? Oh, he's at the Alice Springs Quarantine Facility. Well, why is he at the Alex, uh, Alice Springs quarantine facility? Oh, he won't get the COVID shot. 
So um, at the Alice Springs quarantine shot, you will be required, you will be locked up, you will be in quarantine uh, at your own expense. Okay, friendies, the government in Australia is not going to pay the tab to lock you up to keep you away from everybody else because you are not vaccinated. You're going to pay it yourself and you will pay or you're not going to get out of the Alice Springs, whatever it is, camp. You see this cup says Mr. Right, and you know, I'm always right. So don't don't try to tell me that um, yeah, there would not be eventually something similar to, to tuberculosis camps. Um, so here we are. I mean, we've got um, uh, people, of course, demonstrating in multiple Australian cities against the vaccine mandates, just as are going on here. But about 85% of the eligible population in Australia is currently vaccinated. That is as of November 19. Uh, so there's been this pushback, of course, uh, about Australia's federal and state government's COVID-19 lockdowns and restrictions. Um, Melbourne has endured the longest lockdown probably in the world. Um, there, there, there's a there's a bill to to protest all this. It's stalled in their uh, uh, um, parliament system. And um, earlier this month, uh, Australia reopened its borders to vaccinated travelers from New Zealand. They had shut their borders to people from New Zealand for nearly 600 days. Well. There's 365 days a year, so for almost two years, okay, you ready for this? You all concerned about, you know, the vaccinations and you get the, uh, the numbers crank and you put the graphs up and all this stuff, you know. Hey, you know, it could be worse. You could be falling off the globe. You could be down under. Um, so Australia has closed its international borders uh, as of last year and only allows a restricted number of citizens and permanent residents to enter. I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know whether you agree with it or not. I don't know whether I agree with it or not, but I told you that I predicted it would happen. Um, and so, so be it. I mean, it's already happened here. Uh, you may not know it, but there's certain floors at the North Florida Hospital where you don't go if you haven't been vaccinated, immunized to the extent you can be so uh, against uh, uh, against the uh, COVID. So. We do have that already, but this is a good example. And it's going to really be uh, hitting the press pretty quickly uh, when we get closer to the Australian Open. And uh, we will take a look to see if um, Djokovic goes. And I, I don't know how to, I, I have a coin toss on that. Um, if he doesn't go, he's going to lose his number one ranking. Uh, his banning will be far more severe than uh, Aaron Rodgers banning for 10 days. I mean, that was nothing. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, it'll be much more uh, profound, have much more profound effect on uh, Djokovic than it does on Rogers because Djokovic is an individual celebrity entity, uh, brand, if you will. Uh, he's always, but, you know, he doesn't have anything to risk here because he's always been regarded as kind of a nutcase uh, in terms of what he eats and how he trains. But Nobody really carries that very far because um, he, uh, he, he, he performs so well. So being a nutcase obviously works for him. And, and, and um, uh, you know, you can be kind of exonerated if what you do works for you. 
insofar as it doesn't threaten anybody else. So the other players right now are in a quandary. They're they're begging him to get vaccinated because they want him in the Australian Open. But I, as I say, it's a coin toss for me as to whether or not um, he will end up changing his really, he's very disciplined. Uh, he's very studious. He's very smart. You can't be a great athlete and not be smart. Um, and, and, and successful at the level he is for so long. So he's got his own map of the world laid out, and he uh, has followed it religiously. So I don't know what he's going to do. But anyway, quarantine camps do exist. Tuberculosis sanatoriums did exist. And um, there's comeback of the COVID in many parts of the world. And it's becoming even more dramatic as to how people are going to um, react to this. Uh, one of the first things, of course, you know, you wonder about now when you get what I got, whatever it is, uh, do you have COVID? <clears throat> and uh, that's on everybody's mind. Uh, uh, when everybody has a cold or a sniffle or a hoarse throat or something, you naturally run that by your spectrum to see uh, how you're coming out the other end. Uh, so far, knock on wood, there's I don't have a fever. So that would be one of the big indications, I suppose, according to what I read that uh, you've got something going on that ought to be looked at a little more seriously. They don't surprise, uh, subscribe, prescribe, uh, probably have to sneeze here in a minute, um, antibiotics for just a cold. That's what it is. <clears throat> Sorry. But uh, that's the nature of the world we live in right now. I'm starting off this morning when I've titled the show, The Confidential Memorandum. And the reason I've done that is because um, everything is so contentious in our society and you know COVID is just one little example but uh not little but it's, it's an example but so everything is so contentious and you know I, I really feel it boils down to um the lawlessness and versus lawful and the lawlessness is uh, really being uh played as a card by the democrats and progressive democrats who want us to believe that the laws are all written to protect the rich and famous and white and uh, all the other, you know, and to punish all those who uh, threaten to uh, you know, erode the quality of life of the rich and famous and white. And so they, they get a lot of leniency right now. We've been reporting on this. They get a lot of leniency in the judicial system. Uh, we're shocked. The instigator, investigator and I are shocked when we look at the rap sheet of some of these guys who are walking around the streets right next to us. Uh, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, it's, it's amazing. When you go shopping, go through the line or go to your parking lot, uh, you're, you're in a parking lot with somebody probably. I mean, the odds are that there's one at least and many, maybe more out there convicted felons who are carrying guns, who are convicted felons, who are, uh, you know, just outside the law and could give a damn less about whether or not they're breaking it again. Uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with the drugs. Um, and, you know, you can talk about the drugs, but in, in um, uh, Mexico, for example, the cartel hangings and killings and all that stuff, uh, why are the drugs so profitable? They sell them to us. And why do we take them? Uh, well, we've got a lot of people in the society who, who um, really don't want to work, apparently, and come from very fractured homes and have a lot of despair. Uh, I think fundamentally at the bottom of all that is the fractured home. If there ever was one, lots of times there's not one. So um, it's it's kind of interesting. If you study the rappers, for example, and I was listening to uh, the last, you know, this TikTok world is a weird world. 
Uh, it's just popped up on my computer and I've been looking, I never looked at Instagram much, uh, <clears throat> but I've been looking at this TikTok crap, <clears throat> doing research on it a little bit to figure out what it's all about. And it's really guttural a lot of the times. I mean, it's just uh, places, senses, and the media, you know, it's nuts. I mean, it's kind of like a freak show at the circus. And um, so you take a look at this TikTok world and you see all this behavior out there, which is in many ways is where all these uh, people are getting their impressions from. And, uh, you know, I don't see anybody in the TikTok world emphasizing work or anything like that. I was watching this interview, as I'm starting to say, of this rapper. It was a female rapper. Uh, she was only like 20 years old. And uh, she had four four brothers, four family members, siblings, all of whom had a different sperm donor, male, you wouldn't call it a father, impregnator. Uh, so each one of her siblings and her, if you want to call it a family, which she didn't, by the way, um, had a different sperm donor for the mother, whom the rapper never saw because the mother consequently had to work 24 hours a day, the rapper said, was never home. So the question by the interviewer was, how did you grow up? <clears throat> and the rapper said, well, you know, I just grew up on the streets and uh, learned how to take care of myself on the streets. And, and um, um, you know, that was, where I, that was where I lived. And and I hung out with older people. I learned how to be protected by the older people. And this now one another. And she was also very reticent about some parts of her childhood and growing up. She wouldn't talk about them, but she was very smart. And at some point, she realized she could turn this into some sort of melody or rhythm and become a rapper. And, you know, if you listen to these rappers, they're talented people, uh, but their, their, their material is just filled with violence and disrespect for females and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's, it's become a kind of music for these people. They've turned their misery into a music. Now, let me tell you, there's a, there's a, there's a precedent for that. It was gospel music. Gospel music was born out of misery. Art always gets born out of misery. Okay, listen to your professor here. I know you're not bright enough or talented enough to think of this, but so I'm giving it to you. Art is always born out of misery. Why? Because the human heart has to find a way to deal with the sadness. Okay. Now, there's many, many examples of this. From one day in the life of Ivan Dzinovich, which is the great, great Nobel Prize winning novel about Gulag Archipelago, uh, to the gospel music born of slavery, picking cottons in the field. But where did the blacks learn their spirituality? They learned it from the whites. If you were a white owner of slaves, the first thing you did was civilize those people. <clears throat> And you had to. And the civilization was done with the Bible. And the Bible taught uh, that there was some light at the end of the tunnel, not in this world, but in the next world, if you believed and you patiently suffered. It gave birth to the greatest gift of gospel music. Now, I've been thinking about this. And when I started thinking about something, you ought to pay attention to me because I'm thinking about it at a very deep level, which is a shallow level for me. But it's probably a deep level for you. I'm saying that we have the same thing going on right now with rap music. It is born out of misery. 
It is born out of violence. It is born out of despair and danger and disappointment. Not dissimilar to many things that created gospel music, but it's taken a different path. It has glorified the violence. It has found some spiritual reason for it, which is the part that interests me so much. How in the world does that happen? You know, rock and roll music started when black music crossed over to white culture. And if you take a look at Elvis Presley, he is the guy who brought it. And that's why Ed Sullivan never let the camera go below Elvis Presley's waist when he Elvis Presley first appeared on Toast of the Town <clears throat> because the gyrations were considered to be guttural and obscene and they can't consider to be coming from the black culture, which was viewed as very basic and vulgar uh, by the whites. And Elvis could care less about that. It was the rhythms of the music, the Jimmy Reeds and the John Lee Hookers and uh, those people. And, find, you know, ultimately it was picked up across the water by the Stones. And the Stones, when I first heard them, I said, what's the big deal about them? I've been listening to this all my life at Randy's Record Shop out of Gallatin, Tennessee, <clears throat> which was all devoted to the great black musicians. Um, so anyway, when that crossed over, even Ray Charles, uh, the, 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 the gospel singing people thought Ray Charles uh, broke his covenant with the Lord because Ray Charles, all these great Aretha Franklin's, all these great people learned to sing in the church. And the reason you sang in the church was for the greater glory of God. But whenever you started singing it for fornication and flirtation and courtship and the then you were absolutely defying and going to the devil. So the rock and roll and was considered to be music from the devil. And, you know, it, it struggled and it had a it had a, a glorification there for a while. It doesn't exist now. Rock and roll doesn't exist. It's, it's some kind of slick production music exists now. But uh, once upon a time, I mean, it was a real it was a real thing. And it basically fueled music for the 60s and the 70s. So uh, we have now this rap music, which I'm intrigued by, uh, because uh, it is so violent what it talks about. And, what, and every one of these rap concerts that these people go to, they're very dangerous. I mean, we've had examples here of our, of, of our local resident people being killed at rap concerts. We know about it at, at the Waldo deal and all these. They're very dangerous. And, and um, we, we know that the rappers themselves are... Tupac Shakur. I mean, I like Tupac Shakur. I thought he was pretty darn good. I even like Snoop Doggy Dog. I think that guy's very smart and a very good at playing the, the, his cards to his maximum benefit. Um, so we've got a situation <clears throat> in the country where uh, I really hope that we can take the the, the violence and not glorify it, but make some sense out of it. So I was listening to this young lady being interviewed and she, I really began to think that she was going to, I can't remember her name right now, but she was going to work her way out of this. And she was going to work her way out of it by doing some things that people do. She was going to develop a brand. Uh, she was going to develop an identity. Uh, she was going to develop a, a particular sort of style. And, but she was singing about the only thing she knew and that was the streets. And she'd grown up in Broward County. 
And, um, uh, you know, she said that with some humor because there were Broward County for the wealthy and the whites and the rich and down at Los Olas and A1A, which I always thought was the center of the universe at the Elbow Room, just up the road from the Yankee Clipper where the stewardesses all played volleyball out on the Strand. Uh, but that wasn't her world. And if you go to Fort Lauderdale, the farther west you go, the farther you go into the rapper's world. So it's, uh, it's, it's something that is going on in our culture uh, that is um, uh, mysterious because it has crossed over into the white culture, just as Elvis Presley brought over uh, the, the black culture into the white culture. Then now we put the raps over in the white, uh, white culture as well. And it's, um, it's probably a way of dealing with the incredible violence that we have going on in the country. And much of it's in the rhetoric. So I really find more poetry. This is ironic. I really find more poetry in the rhetoric of the rappers than I do in the mouths of the politicians. Um, there is a confidential, a confidential memorandum that I've gotten sent to me by some of, of you all who are on the research team who um, uh, uh, have sent this to me because it is a it is a uh, as a poll uh, looking into 2024 and trying to identify the issues that are going to project us out into 2024. It's um, something I spent. I want to spend a little time with you going through and ask you to give your comments on because um, uh, it's conducted by an outfit called Fabrizio and Lee, um, and it is. Um, uh, a poll taking a look at the five key battleground states for 2024, where Biden and Trump, uh, if Trump runs again, are going to go head to head, or if Biden lives that long, with any kind of sense that he has left. Um, but anyway, Fabrizio Lee and Associates recently completed five surveys uh, of battleground states of Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. I want to break a little bit early for, uh, for sponsors and keep it just a little bit longer because I've got to go uh, doctor my, my nose. So uh, uh, I'll be right back after our break and I'll go over this confidential memorandum with you. And if my voice holds out, we'll go through the thing together. Be right back on the Ward Scott Files. This is Ward Scott. And I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are... Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are On the Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, RR Construction, Gators Dockside, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. Check this out, Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. 
Fuck. Help me. Help. Help. But I'd ask General McKenzie, did you agree to the recommendation that um, uh, General Miller uh, had two weeks ago? Senator, um, again, I won't, I won't share my personal recommendation to the president, but I will give you my honest opinion, and my honest opinion and view shaped my recommendation. I recommended that we maintain 2,500 troops in Afghanistan, and I also recommended earlier in the fall of 2020 that we maintain 4,500 at that time. Those are my personal views. I also have a view that the withdrawal of those forces would lead inevitably to the collapse of the Afghan military forces and eventually the Afghan government. Yes, so I understand that. And uh, General Milley, I assume you agree with that in terms of the recommendation of 2,500? What I said in my opening statement and the memoranda that I wrote back in the fall of 2020 remained consistent, and I do agree with that. This committee is unsure as to whether or not General Miller's uh, recommendation ever got to the president. Um, you know, obviously, there are conversations with the president. Yeah, but I would like to ask, even though uh, General McKenzie, I think you've all made this statement, did you talk to the president about General Miller's uh, recommendation? Sir, I was present when that discussion uh, occurred. Mm -hmm. And I'm confident that the president heard all the recommendations and listened to them very thoughtfully. All right, thank you very much, production, for playing this video. It's very appropriate. Uh, um, I'm back here in the studio now, and um, I'm trying to do my best to get through the whole hour. I think I'll make it. Um, those of you just tuning in, I did something that I don't haven't done in quite a while, and let's get the flu shot. And every time I've gotten a flu shot, I've gotten some form of the, sh uh, the flu. That's weird. I mean, uh, so I'm uh, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but I'm uh, it's a voice thing. It's right now. It's got to be. <clears throat> Kind of endured, and uh, I think I'll be okay. But I, you know, how it is. We're talking about um, a, a, a poll that's been con 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 confidential memorandum that uh, one of you on the research team uh, sent me, uh, Fabrizio and Lee did. That is, I did a, a, a poll of the five battleground states that have been contentious in the twenty uh, in the last election, twenty twenty, um, and in twenty twenty four, no doubt. We'll have to take a look at these states. They're Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. And in all uh, five Biden, you know, all five of those states in 2020 that went for Biden, and we're not going to get into whether how they went for Biden. We know that is uh, open for investigation. It's never been investigated. One of the things that irks me is that I see everybody in the media saying false claims by Trump. That's never gone through due process. You know, the establishment of the veracity of the claims of the election have never, ever gone through due process. They never have been examined in a court. They've never really been thoroughly looked at. We got evidence right now that, and we're struggling to get it out into the public, uh, that one of the loopholes is the rolls, the registration rolls. There are so many people on the rolls who don't belong on the rolls and who are sent absentee ballots and that inflates and screws up accountability all over the place. But <clears throat> in all five so-called Biden 2020 states, Trump is leading on the 2024 ballot uh, by double digits in Michigan and Wisconsin. Uh, 
just to talk about this one a little bit, I think it's interesting. I'll go through it with you and you guys put it in your, in your, in your homework and think about it. Now, this is a hypothetical matchup uh, between Biden and Trump. And Trump is leading Biden in all five key states that they tested in all but Georgia. <clears throat> His lead is outside the margin of error. And Michigan and Wisconsin, he leads by 12 and 10 points respectively. So the conclusion of that particular part of the poll is that in the last year, there has been an enormous shift with voters now clearly in favor of Trump over Biden, and many of them having buyer's remorse. And, you know, people vote for the most simplistic reasons, uh, most shallow understanding of what is almost not a day goes by, but what somebody calls me and asks me for some my opinion about something political. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know how I inherited that role, but we got a call yesterday from a guy who says, Ward, would you give me some ammunition to argue with the liberals? And I said, first of all, you don't argue with them because you can't change your mind. The reason they're liberals is because they won't change your mind. And so don't try arguing with them. Just stick to your priorities and know what they are and know how to defend them. Um, so he didn't really have any. He didn't understand what his work. So, you know, I tried to tutor him a little bit, but, it, you know, it's too much. It take, requires too much energy to take the uninitiated into some sort of understanding of knowledge. I mean, you know, I do it here on the show. Um, this is my one day. This is one my one time during the day that I do it. I mean, I'm not interested in having coffee with you to talk about the snakes in your head or what. I'm not I'm not not I'm not interested. Uh, I'll go out and mow the pasture before I do that. <clears throat> so. Um, there's a huge gap between Trump and Biden approvals. Uh, Trump holds about a 20 point advantage. OK, um, Biden's approval ratings are incredibly negative right now. And uh, I don't see them having much opportunity to get better. You know, uh, there's a real good chance that uh, this kid who uh, just got exonerated can sue Biden because Biden was a citizen when he said that this kid was a white supremacist. I mean, you don't go around saying crap like that, you know? Um, I mean, I've been called a racist. I haven't retaliated against the people. I know who did it, you know? And they went around to some of my sponsors who were chickens and yellow and weak. And and, and these people would never eat their, these people's houses, uh, businesses anyway. And these sponsors buckled. I don't want to talk to the sponsors. I mean, I, 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 they, they're trying, they'll do us in. That attitude to do us in. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to talk to chickens and cowards. I really don't even want you associated with me. So, um, you know, I've been called, you know, I didn't go back and I didn't go back and uh, get, a, get a liar and try to sue the damn people, you know. So, uh, you know, a lot of people buckle. I mean, they, they, they get scared. And, and, and so, you know, here's Biden getting away really with, with the character assassination. He's. Um, he is underwater double digits, double, double digits in all five states, and um, an outright majority disapprove of him. So I now, unless they, <clears throat> I guess I'm not allowed to use this word, right? Uh, unless they <clears throat> uh, influence the election in some way that <clears throat> shortchanges what the people's will is. You know, it portends that Biden will go bye bye. But, you know, you don't know because nobody has any trust anymore 
or faith in the elections. Remember, this whole uh, hypothesis about fraud never went through due process. And due process is one of the things that is enormously threatened right now by the left. They hate it. The left hates due process. They're over here slamming the jury, you know. Um, Rittenhouse is even thinking about changing his name, growing a beard. The kid's only 18. He's very smart, by the way. So, you know, the other thing that here are the issues that basically have the people disgusted with Biden. Now, you can probably guess them. OK, I mean, I, 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 I suspect you already have them. If you're watching the show, you're already aware of them. Uh, illegal immigration. People are fed up with that crap. And, you know, I've been saying all along, the left is really the lawlessness, lawless people of our culture, the people who don't obey the laws. Look at the judicial system that let this guy out on a thousand dollar bail uh, who ran his car over the dancing grannies is the one and the kids dancing grannies got smashed by this guy. He shouldn't have been on the streets. But listen, we run into this all the time here with our investigation instigators who look at we it's all. Listen, you go, I'm guaranteeing you if you walk down the street, you're walking in the company of a convicted felon, probably carrying a gun. You're just lucky that the person doesn't um, see you as a threat or an opportunity. So this restoring law and order is on people's mind. And the poll thinks this, this is one of the points that Trump is just beating the hell out of Biden on. Um, and you know, look at Biden's kid, Hunter. What a creep. You know, he's got a dummy shell company. He's doing business with, you know what he's doing? He's, he's like a transition transaction broker, okay? He's brokering deals between China and the Congo. Now, do you know why China and the Congo? Because that's where the, the I think it's cobalt. I'm not sure I have to look it up what, the, what I knew, but I'm, uh, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's an element, a raw material there that you gotta have for electric cars. <clears throat> that's where it is. So what does Hunter Biden, this is traitor, he's a treasonous. He sets up a company and he brokers deals using his influence with his old man to hook up China with the Congo so that we don't, we don't get the damn raw material, China does. And then his daddy turns, get, get, get this now, and his daddy turns around and touts electric cars. Do you think they're profiting from it? I mean, is there anything, is there any light bulb in your head that went off just now? Even you guys in the back of the class with your hat on backward, did you get that? You run your kid out there, get a double, get a, 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 a dummy company, hook them up with China, hook them up with uh, Congo, let the uh, kid take the, the cheese for running the, the transaction, using his influence and connections for his old man's got. So then China builds all these dang electric cars. And uh, get this now, Biden runs down the oil companies and makes us buy the cars and he's got he's got he's profiting from the cars. Oh God, you know? Oh God. Does anybody understand really how devious and treacherous this progressive left is? Okay. Obviously the way that Biden withdrew from Afghanistan is irks the hell out of people. Do you know what we left there on the on the 
tarmac sand and our material that we paid for. <clears throat> all those planes and all those tanks, all that dadgum stuff, we just left it there. All that ammunition, we just left it. You know, you talking about waste. You talking about stupidity. You know, and another thing about the war, and this has been the same ever since Vietnam. We get into these things, we don't have a clear goal. We don't have any good strategy. It's, it's as bad as a Mullen coach football team. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's like a, it's like a fire drill. I mean, a um, disorganized fire drill. Everybody running every which way. It's horrible. And I think I'm pretty smart, by the way, for coming up with that. Our policy with Vietnam and Afghanistan has been like a Mullen coach football team. You know, we're, you, 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 you maze yourself sometimes. So inflation, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's getting ready to just bomb the living daylights out of the value of everything you got. And your 401k and, you know, how many dollars it takes to get a dozen eggs. And, and uh, you know, I'm telling you now. And, you know, for, for the I talked to a gentleman yesterday who's a good friend, very smart, very successful. He didn't quite get it. I said, well, your grandchildren are going to get it. They can kiss your quality. The, the quality. Here's the thing I get. I have this image in my mind of my buddy's house, okay? It's a very, very nice house. He has a very nice wife. He has a very nice family. He has very nice grandkids. Uh, he's at the top of the world, okay? <clears throat> he worked his way there. He went to college. He got a degree. He's smart. He did good work. He invested wisely. His grandkids, I offered this possession for him, are going to look back at this idyllic setting that you're offering them right now when they're older and say, my God, I'll never find that again. That will never be available again. He stopped when I said that. I said, that's why you ought to care. That's why you ought to care. He wasn't even clear-minded enough to know how to argue with the doggone liberals that he was trying to argue with. That's why he called me. But you know, if if <laughs> you what are you gonna do? Let me do it? I mean, you're gonna let you know let old Ward do it. Hell, he'll do it. He'll stick his head up out of the pocket. Hell, let him do it. You know, meanwhile, we struggle to get sponsors, we struggle to get donations. Plantation Mark needs to have some sort of medal invented for him, how much he supports us. I mean, it's just incredible. You know. You know, I, I don't know what to do. I'm thinking about making a subscription deal. I, I don't know what else to do. Um, we're going to talk about it. You know, I mean, right now we're giving it away. My conversations are going for, for everybody. Most of the people watching going for free. Okay. Well, we'll think about that. We'll see how we do at the end of the year. We'll not keep doing that. Um, you know, you've got the whole health care issue. Um, that is just a ticking time bomb out there. Uh, take COVID out of it. I mean, it's just whether or not you can uh, do anything about these people without insurance, using the emergency rooms, primary care. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, the infrastructure is just a bull, you know, S deal. Most people polled and don't think much of the infrastructure uh, as being the reason for what this bill was all about. So uh, according to this polling, uh, people are not buying this, okay? 
They're not buying that Biden is controlling the federal spending. He's not. He's turning the spigots on. They don't buy that Biden is holding the line on taxes. They don't buy that. Okay. Taxes are getting worse. They don't buy that he's going to protect Social Security and Medicare because here's how he's going to get Medicare. I was reading an article about this. You know, I'm a voracious reader. Um, here's how you here's how your rates won't go up for Medicare. OK, um, because you're kind of on a, a you know, a, a fixed kind of deal relationship with them. That's why you got Medicare. But the doctors will be paid less, far less. OK, and that's going to make a difference in what kind of treatment you get and what kind of person you get it from, what the quality of doctor is. The people poll don't have an ounce of faith in Biden and law and order. Not a shred. I mean, let me go through these numbers with you. The law and order. In Arizona, is Trump 49 to 39 over Biden. Even in Georgia, you know, Atlanta, Atlanta has, you know, Sherman decimated it and turned it over to the Yankees, and that's basically what's wrong with Atlanta. <clears throat> so in Georgia, even in Georgia, it's 44 for Trump, 37 for Biden on law and order. In Michigan, it's 50 to 30 for Trump on law and order. So when you hear this crap about Rittenhouse, you know, got away with murder, you consider who that's coming from. And you remember this poll that has some kernel of truth in it, I'm sure. And, you know, we don't worship polls, but, you know, we do pay attention to them. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. On law and order, 53 for Trump, 35 for Biden. Huh? Huh? In Wisconsin, Wisconsin, which is the hot spot right now. You know, the guy runs his car through the people, the kid, you know, the governor doesn't call out the National Guard, so the people have to take care protecting their property in their own hands. Person responsible for the Rittenhouse situation is the governor. <clears throat> Wisconsin, 54 to 36. People in Wisconsin are begging for law and order. Okay. Oh boy. It's 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 that way all the way down the deep, all the way down the deal with that withdrawal from Afghanistan. You know, here, here's 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 Biden fiddling while the Rome, well, Rome is burning, so to speak. Guess who is building up their military might? Now, a little old Russia is really not that big a deal, but China is. China right now owns us. They own the NBA. They own all the merchandise. They own us. Period. And if you take a look at Biden, he's profiting from that relationship, according to what's on Hunter Biden's computer, I'm told. OK. They have no faith that Biden can get inflation under control. 
In Arizona, it's 53 Trump, 30 Biden. In Georgia, it's 51 Trump, 35 Biden. In Michigan, 53 Trump, 28, 28 Biden. Pennsylvania, 54 Trump, 33 Biden. And these are percentages. Of Wisconsin, 55 to 32. Nobody in this, in his right mind in this country, regardless of what you read in the press, regardless of what you see on poor little David Muir, um, nobody believes that Biden can restore law and order, that he can get inflation under control, that he can protect your medical system, that he's going to hold line on taxes, that he's going to control federal spending. What does this leave? I mean, it's pretty interesting. That's why I'm walking you through it in class today. So you can think about it. Now, looky here. That he can rebuild the economy. Nobody believes that either. Arizona, 54 to 37. Georgia, 53 to 39. Michigan, 53 to 36. <clears throat> Pennsylvania, 54 to 39. Wisconsin, 57 to 36. On the infrastructure, which is his big deal right now, this is kind of interesting. It's tighter. And that's why, of course, you use that if you're Biden to hang your hat. You make everybody think that you're cool because of infrastructure. It polls the best. Meanwhile, you rip everybody off on the other things and nobody notices. It, he thinks. When it comes to rebuilding the nation's infrastructure, and that doesn't obviously mean the Lotso County roads, which suck. Uh, closest is Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, 46 to 45. It's Trump's just up one point there, and he could do it better than Biden. In Michigan, it's 46 to 42. And in Georgia, which is a Yankee state, it is um, 47 to 43. In Arizona, Arizona's a real hotbed. That's, that's going to be a very interesting place to watch. It's 50 to 39 Trump. And Wisconsin's even, eh, it's 51-41. So that is, that is, um, yeah. and then over in the right-hand column, what I got here, they've got um, what's the net plus and minus for Trump. And everything in is is for Trump over by, as a plus. Let's see, no, except for one. Uh, in Pennsylvania, <clears throat> they believe that uh, Biden can restore, can protect Social Security and Medicare better than Trump, and uh, Biden is up by over Trump by two points. The greatest spread. Let me see where that is on here between the two of them is um, on, on inflation in Michigan. Trump is ahead 25 points. And he can control it better than Biden. And that's the greatest spread, it's 25. And there's only one minus, and that is in 
what I just say, Pennsylvania, yeah, on Social Security and Medicare. I want to thank um, the research team, you guys, for sending this to me. It's pretty interesting. <clears throat> Except for Georgia, and the, and the voters split in Georgia, a plurality of voters opposed Biden's Build Back Better Act, which they just shoved down our throat in spite of the fact that we oppose it. Now, what does that portend for the 2022s remains to be seen? But uh, this thing was pretty thorough. It, te it tested our affiliation, race, ethnicity, age, gender, education, and the voting history. It took all these things into account uh, when they, they took a look. That's a confidential memorandum and from probably, I don't know if they're really confident because I got it, Fabrizio and Lee to uh, the Make America Great Again Committee. The Make America Great Again Committee uh, obviously hired Fabrizio and Lee to find out whether Trump can prevail if we run him again because he got, you know, you know what happened in the first time. That, you know, we're, we're going to build in some safeguards, hopefully. But that wouldn't happen again, whether it's Trump or not. Uh, the Democrats won't pull that hanky-panky again. Any questions about that Melton Law Hotline, 352-325-3938. I'm looking for any conversations here uh, that you may put on the screen for me to talk about. Um, um, and... Um, I appreciate the fact that you guys send me these kind of things. It's very interesting. Um, the the other thing that is um, um, really going on in our local society, <laughs> I, I guess I'll spend a few minutes talking about it, is the, uh, the search for the, what was it uh, in mythology, the, the golden ram or whatever. I got to go back and research that a little bit. Uh, the magic... Uh, uh, potion, uh, the coach, the be-all, end-all coach for the University of Florida Fighting Gators. Um, you know, it's uh, it's going to be another exercise in futility if we don't have a guy who can <clears throat> pick the best out of the transfer portal. I want you to take a look, keep your eye on the University of Florida basketball team. They blew out a team yesterday in a tournament they're in. We'll see what they do today. I think they play again today. We'll see how they do. Uh, they are sharing the ball. They're running the court. Uh, they're playing like, you know, they know what they're doing. And they're all transferred in for the most part from other schools. So um, we're going to fix, you know, in, a, in effect, we've got a transfer portal here going on uh, for coaches. You know, we're looking for the coach. Uh, he's those guys are so to speak. I never thought about it this way before, but they're in a transfer portal. Uh, they put their names in the hat and the schools that are looking <clears throat> go looking for them. And the same now can happen for the players. And the players have argued all along. Hey, listen, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If you guys as coaches can go out there and rip us off and make all these millions off of our efforts. Why can't we make some money off our efforts? Which is a very good question. Um, and which is essentially uh, what's been going on. It's radically changed in college sports. Now, 
Uh, the NCAA says, okay, we hear your argument. Uh, if you're good enough and you go get a brand and a sponsor and sell something and you're still playing for the Gators, then you want to sell it on your individual name and number, go do it. Go do it. If you want to get out of that school because they're not playing, you want to go someplace where you like to coach better and you get played, go, go do it. Got no problem with it. I think that's pretty interesting. That's kind of radical that compared to the old school football. Uh, I still think you're going to need a coach. You can lead men in the battle. I mean, that's basically what it is. The leading men in the battle. I mean, listen, come on, it's battle. We break legs. We give concussions. We, we try to destroy your body. I mean, that's, that game tries to, <clears throat> if you're playing it right, <clears throat> if you're playing it right, you try to destroy the guy's body. I mean, that's basically what it is. That's why you teach defense. I mean, you know, you just take that guy and take him, and you know, it's clean. It's clean hit. You know, we cleaned it up a little bit. We don't have the Jack Tatum's playing free safety for Oakland Raiders anymore. But you do, you do whack them pretty good. I mean, you 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 pop them good, and you know if you can, you know that's the way you hit, and 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 that's the name of the game. Hitting is the name of the game. Period. You think it's passing? No, it's not passing. It's hitting, and um, that's what it's about. So when we get somebody who can can teach that and teach guys to love it and um, and, and you know fear no damage to themselves, you know, disregard any damage to themselves, um, then you got it. Now with offensive line, uh, that's the toughest player of all to find. Uh, that guy has to be big and strong and tough, but light on his feet. He really has to be almost a dancer. Has to be very intelligent and very fast for at least ten yards. Um, very hard to find the great offensive lineman. Very difficult. Uh, a lot of big old boys that are big, but they're 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 they can't pull. They can't, you know, they they just they just uh, can't they, uh, swim move or get them or something. Um, they're tough to find them. And when you find them, and we got one coming back to be Mister Two Bits this weekend, and that's Lomas Brown. Uh, Lomas Brown was one of the great ones that we had here. Uh, played 15 years, I think, in the NFL. Um, just a, a fantastic alignment for the University of Florida. So they do exist. And um, by golly, Charlie Pell probably put together uh, the most talented group of people that ever were on a football team on Florida field. Uh, when you go back and look at those personnel, you think of Charlie Pell. He paved the way for Steve Spurrier. And, and uh, Charlie Pell was... Uh, you know, he was daring. And of course, it eventually was the reason they could get him because the other, you know, other coaches didn't. I mean, they were petrified of Charlie Pell. So <clears throat> glad for sticking with me today. It's, um, and uh, we're going to take the day off um, uh, Thursday and Friday. We'll play the best of. Uh, hope you keep, uh, have a great Thanksgiving and um, uh, enjoy yourself. And, uh, um, be thinking about today's class. I mean, it's got a lot of thoughtful stuff in, and I thank the research team for keeping me informed. Warthog Command Center out.